Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. It is 1235 in Edmonton. Just want to apologize. That was Evan Cook on the uh, Global News Weather Traffic Update. It would help if I actually read the script that Brendan Escott sent me. Not the sharpest knife in the drawer some days. We will tell you that guests and Oilers now receive gift cards, uh, gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Chris and Chef Altaf that Oilers now sent you. I know we did an event with Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, on Thursday night last week at the Roos Chris, uh, courtesy John Winwick, Chris Noble, and the gang at ATB, and it was awesome. And uh, people had a terrific time with it. And I want to mention to you, for you golfers out there, if you're looking for a golf tour bucket list experience, you can join New West Travel this October in golf world-famous Pinehurst in North Carolina, home of the 2024 U.S. Open. It's part of a five-day golf getaway. Your Pinehurst golf package includes airfare by private charter with open bar meals, four nights spectacular accommodation, five nights of golf, including the stunning U.S. Open course at Pinehurst. Space is limited to reserve your tee time. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. You can keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, uh, getting uh, some opinions and thoughts on the visuals last night from Mullet Arena. Brendan Escott is just uh, uh, wrangling up our next guest. He's been so wrangled. Once that comes to fruition, he can just—he's wrangled. There we go. Well, there you have it. Uh, we are going to uh, head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino as promised for the horses and horse racing. Alberta find event schedules at thehorses.com. We'll see you at the races. We welcome back to the show the daily faceoffs. Frank Saravalli. Frank, how are you? I'm good. Did you know that I'm actually a legitimate big horse racing fan? You're a legitimate what? Sorry? I'm a legitimate horse racing fan. Horses Alberta. I When I was uh, just out of high school, there was a track right around the corner from my house, and I used to go all the time. That's uh, well. I, I I did not know that. So how appropriate that you are. Uh, your your feature each week is sponsored by our friends Jeff Robillard and the the gang over at Horse Race in Alberta. They they were they they did some stuff. I've I've had a relationship with them dating back all the way to two thousand and four through a guy named Jonathan Huntington who used to uh, do some uh, work uh, at Northlands and then later with. Uh, he was with the Edmonton Sun for a number of years, and Jeff is uh, Jeff has been a part of our shows in various forms or another since about 2005, 2006. As you know, I grew up in an acreage. We had horses on the acreage, none of which would ever have a chance. We couldn't afford, you know, uh, thoroughbreds or anything like that. But uh, it's always it's always interesting. We've got the new uh, building out at Century Mile, and uh, we're wishing them nothing but the success here. They're 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 going into their third year. Obviously, the pandemic hit. 
it a bit as well. There's some, you know, Frank, there's wonderful stories, and that is part of what we do. Like, you're a newsbreaker, but there's still a story angle in there. Um, and there's a lot of stories about horse racing. There's a, a story about War Emblem and what may have happened when War Emblem was going for the Triple Crown. Some people believe there was no way coming out of 9-11 that uh, the guys that were managing, this is this is all sort of conspiracy theorist stuff, right? But War Emblem sunk out of the gate and never was able to make it up after dominating the opening two legs of the Triple Crown. And speaking of stories out there, I'm going to transition this in a very roundabout form. We were in Arizona last night. And uh, what have you thought of the games visually out of Arizona this season? Well, on TV, it looks great. Like, you see a lower bowl that for once in Arizona is actually filled. And the sight lines are great for everyone in the arena. The environment is certainly a lot better than what you're used to in Arizona if you've been going there for a long time. And especially for the Oilers in particular and the Flames, as everyone knows, you know, the, the Snowbirds going to Arizona from Alberta is, is a big deal. Um, and so that's certainly beneficial, much in the same way that um, the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning benefit from the Snowbirds when Toronto and Montreal come down uh, from the north and Ottawa. Um, that's been great, but I did, it's there's no – they need a long-term solution. Like, we're, we're now 45 days out from the biggest day in – in Arizona Coyotes franchise history to date. Because if, if they don't, and I know you wanted to focus on Mullet Arena, if they don't get this referendum passed, if they don't get the votes required, I don't know how they can possibly stay in that arena for next season and beyond. Well, part of the issue, Frank, is it's a double-ender, is the NHL is still a gate-driven league. And oh, by the way, the Bali package falling apart in the States you know, with the regional TV deals, those that just further illustrates the need to be able to make actual money. And there's no money to be made off a 4,600-seat arena. Agreed? Agreed, and they've been a revenue suck for years. Like, that's a fact. That's not opinion. Um, and there's no hyperbole in that. And I think the thing is now, Bob, it's players that are also angry. I think they've sort of, you know, in Arizona, they got in line this year saying, oh, this might be a cool experience. We'll see how it goes playing on campus at Arizona State. You know, maybe this could be fun. It's, you know, pretty decent setup. But at, at some point, the idea that you play on that franchise in particular, who has no, they've, they've actually played better this season and have been more competitive than many had envisioned, but there's no outlook there's no prospect to be good anytime soon and it's not in their plans um that's that's worn on a lot of players that are now also asking the question hey we're 50 50 partners here where is their where are they holding up their end of the bargain on the revenue game because we're essentially you know keeping this team afloat by virtue of the league propping them up because we're 50 50 partners yeah, it's it's really exasperating. And I'll take it one step further, Frank. As you know, um, Cal Nichols, chairman of the board of the Edmonton Investors Group, 
you know, Cal was a very available guy. Okay. And I was, you know, as you know, I, I knew Cal's and know Cal's son, Ken, who's since subsequently moved down to Texas. Ken's a fun guy. He used to play hockey with us. Um, during the days of the EIG, the plan for the Canadian Assistance Program, and, and make no mistake, Gary Bettman went to bet for Edmonton. He fought in part for organizations like the Oilers. The hard cap helped Edmonton and Calgary. But the other thing that happened coming out of the lockout is hockey mattered where hockey mattered. And that favored places like Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact those guys were told they weren't going to be sucking uh, revenue, uh, you know, and a negative revenue generator for more than, you know, five to ten years. That was not ever going to be acceptable. And yet, ironically, here we are in Arizona. And how long has this gone on for, Frank? It's like 13 to 15 years. That's a rough go, man. That is a it's, rough go. There's no other way to say it. Like Something has was, to change. At and no there, point was that ever the plan, Frank, for one team. Is that not true? No, it's true. And and th- that's what I'm saying. I don't. People have put it together in some ways, but this can't continue on. Like Whatever the league has been saying publicly, all I know is what they've told Arizona privately is, it's great that you've figured out mullet arena for a short-term solution but without a permanent solution without a real meaningful way to and by the way everything that i've heard from people who have seen the drawings and the plans uh for this new arena in tempe that they'd like to build it's like next level spectacular it's apparently unbelievable but you got to get there first you got to get steel in the ground you got to get shovels in the ground and more importantly you need to play in front of a fan base that believes that it's, it, you know, it's not just, hey, we have a team. It's also that our team can be good. And right now, it doesn't, the, it's, the needle's not moved in that market to the point where I'm told from people that have boots on the ground and have been in the mix and understand what's happening is they think there's a real possibility this referendum does not pass. I don't know about you, Bob, but when I go to the, the voting booth or the polls here in the U.S., I kind of just, I take a cursory glance at the referendum questions at the very bottom of the ballot, don't really give it too much thought, and whatever the gut reaction is in my head, that's what I click. I don't know what the reaction is like from the the population in Tempe, Arizona, when asked about hockey. It's It's probably got a very, very small, loyal following, and outside of that, people are kind of like, eh, take it or leave it. I could care less. Yeah, well, absolutely. Frank, I'm going to read you some numbers here. In the Western Conference, okay, Minnesota's lost one game in 20. They're 7-1-2 in their last 10. Colorado's 9-1 and in their last 10. Vegas is 8-2. LA's 8-0-2 in their last 10. And the Oilers are 8-1-1. So between Minnesota, Colorado, Vegas, LA, and Edmonton, those five teams in the top six are a combined 40, 5, and 5. At the start of the year, it was the top six teams in the East that were dominating the scale. Of late, actually Boston's recalibrated here, but 
You know, Carolina's five, four, and one. New Jersey's four, four, and two. Rangers are eight and one, eight, one, and one. Boston's eight, two, and oh. Toronto's six, three, and one. And Tampa Bay's four, five, and one. How about the, looks like the West teams have got going here, Frank. 45 and five. That's Minnesota, Colorado, Vegas, LA, and Edmonton. Like Edmonton's gone eight, one, and one, and they can't gain any ground on Vegas and LA. What do you think? It's fascinating that no team in the West has also clinched a playoff spot. I know they're mere formalities, and it'll happen soon mathematically, but I find that to be interesting as well. I think what's what stood out to me has, yeah, all those teams have played really well, but it's the team in the Colorado Avalanche, if you take it out a step further from just the last 10, they're actually 16-4-1 in their last 21 and they've had two winning streaks of six games or more. I, I've been saying it for weeks that it wouldn't surprise me at all as the, the Avs got healthier, especially getting a couple of their defensemen back, which were such a big part of what they do, that they could be one of those teams that rips off a 10- or 12-game winning streak, and they could still do that. And it's amazing that all the injuries that they've had, that Colorado is – the West is still wide open for them to actually win the number one overall seed in the conference um, at this juncture, given where they were. Like we were talking a couple weeks ago, it was Colorado and Winnipeg that were the two teams in the wild card spot. So they've obviously, um, you know, played extremely well over that stretch of time. And I'm not saying that, the abs are as strong as they were last year. Like we're not in waste of eight days territory as we were, as Daryl Sutter said, but to me, the abs are as well as everyone else has played. And particularly maybe the real eye opener here has been the Kings as well as the abs have played. I think they're the team to beat in the West right now. Yeah. Well, then here's where I remind Oilers fans. Colorado's lost or won the last five games that have gone into overtime between the Edmonton Oilers, either in a shootout or in overtime in the regular season or obviously in game four last year. In so round what three, does that tell you? They're going to be tough to beat. They are. That tells you that they can get to another level that Edmonton has not proven. I mean, the Oilers, Kane got a hat trick against Colorado last year. I think it was in uh, April. But... Uh, you know, the Avs have found, and when the games are tight and close, they are finding ways to win, and part of it is their defense. I mean, let's face it. However, Edmonton's defense is a little bit different. And, Frank, by your own admission, are you a little surprised at the impact of Matthias Ekholm in Edmonton? Because if I recall correctly, you were a guy that thought that might not have been the right guy for Ken Holland, who who is coming up today at 105 to have added. Yeah, and look, I've I've owned that um, and said it that I I thought there was risk involved, and the risk, as I said, was what does the power play look like on the other end when you take Tyson Barry off of it, and what's the reaction if there is any from the team in saying goodbye in a surprising way to a player that they all really liked. I thought there's also risk on for Matthias Ekholm on what the final couple years of his contract looked like, considering it's year one of a four year deal. But I think you worry about that later. That's not a concern for right now. The, the, the push, and this is exactly what Ken Holland tried to do, is maximize every single ounce of opportunity that you have with 97 and 29 uh, at the absolute you know, 
uh, height of their their profession. They're they're the pinnacle of sport right now, and the way that they've played. You you have to seize on that and take advantage of it while you can. And so that's what this Ekholm deal does. Ekholm, um, he's been such a steadying influence. And I've talked about this. It's not just on. Evan Bouchard and the point per game pace that he's played and how there's been, you know, he's been able to step right into that power play and, and they haven't missed a beat. It's, it's also really on the impact. I think psychologically that it has on Darnell nurse and the other defensemen, there's just less pressure. There's less heat to try and do more. It takes a lot off of your plate, knowing that you have someone going over the boards that, has you know the ability, the size, um, the reach at times when necessary, the physicality um, to really be a difference maker on your team. That just it, it there's a ripple effect that it has in such a positive way that I think the Oilers have experienced, and maybe too there's also been a shot in the arm for Ekholm, you know, going from a team that probably wasn't going to make the playoffs, some new surroundings, new faces, and he's probably a little bit rejuvenated as well. Uh, the orders are 10-1-2 with Matthias Sackholm in the lineup. He's got three goals, nine points, and 13 games, plus 14. Frank mentioned nearly a point-per-game pace for Evan Bouchard. He's got two 10-12 and 12 and 13. He's plus six, and he's hit four goal posts during that stretch as well. But scored a big goal last night for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. The L.A. Kings... Final question for Frank Saravalli for the horses at Horse Racing Alberta. Todd McClellan is gone right here. The Kings were building. I might assert to you they might be a year ahead of what was expected. Your thoughts? I would say that they've made some incredibly sneaky additions. Like, how many people were really talking about Kevin Fiala as, as an enormous upgrade for this team in the summer? It was sort of an understated under the radar trade they didn't give up a whole ton for him they were able to sign him to the deal and oh he's leading their team in points north of a point per game with 70 and 67 you know i i think everyone was concerned about what the price would be for gavrikov you know knowing that they were looking for a first a third and a fourth rob blake waits out the market and he gets a first and a third but gets corpus Allo in return as well so if your concern heading into the season was, well, the Kings probably don't have the goaltending with Quick and Peterson to go deep, those two guys are essentially gone. Quick is traded, he's in Vegas, Peterson's in the minors, they're gonna have to deal with that contract later. But Copley and Corpus Allo, Corpus, uh, Copley's numbers are very average. He's sub 900, but his record is 23, four and three. That has to count for something. Um, that has to mean something that all he's done essentially has gone in and win. They've played well around him. They're, they're deep. They're young. They have balance. They play well defensively. Like, you, you might say that they're a year ahead of schedule. I picked that team to win the division heading into the season, and people were saying, you're insane. Look at the Oilers. Look at the Flames. You know, what about the Golden Knights? This Kings team... Not only would it be fascinating to see a rematch of the Oilers and Kings uh, at some point to sort of, you know, pit these two teams against each other and where they're heading, but I I just like what L.A. is building because the nice thing for them is they've got a whole ton still in their pipeline. 
they're not going anywhere anytime soon. They're going to be a thorn in Edmonton's side for a while. Frank, great stuff. Thanks for joining us here in Oilers Now. Have a good one, Bob. That is daily face-offs. Frank Saravalli for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Find event schedules at thehorses.com. We'll see you at the races. When we come back, game day trivia for Pro-Am Sports. It's 12.54 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. All right, it is time to play game day trivia. It is presented by Pro-Am Sports, your fan cave experts in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail or online at proamsports.ca. Up for grabs, a $50 gift certificate from Pro-Am Sports. Brendan, how tough should I make it today? Uh, reasonably. Give him a 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Here we go. The Vegas Golden Knights have had six first-round draft choices as an organization. They only have one first. So remember, they came in the league in 2017. They actually had three first-rounders that year. Name the only Vegas Golden Knight uh, prospect that was a first-round pick still with the organization. They've had six first-rounders. They only got one guy that's still with the Vegas Golden Knights organization. Text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line at 780-496-0063. The correct answer up for grabs a $50 GC from ProAmSports.ca. We will have the answer after we head off to a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook. Ken Holland coming up when we return on Oilers Now.